Insights Marketing Day is back. This one-day face-to-face event will be packed full of industry-leading speakers providing essential tips and tools to improve your company's marketing. From social media to blogging, web to growth hacking strategies, branding, and lead generation, we'll cover a range of topics that need to be addressed for a successful, comprehensive, and interconnected marketing plan. We'll talk big picture with strategy and annual content calendars down to the granular level of getting more visible on LinkedIn. So you leave informed and inspired. If you're ready to get a jumpstart on making 2022 your best year ever, don't miss Insights Marketing Day. Visit insights-marketing.org. Use the code PERCH, P-E-R-C-H, for 20% off your ticket price. See you there. Launching a new product? a line extension, or maybe you've just always wondered exactly what your target consumer thinks while they shop your website. Through their cutting-edge and patented technology, Qualsites gives you unparalleled access to your consumers' lives and thought processes as you experience the world from their perspective. Qualsites is an immersive insights platform that empowers brands, consulting firms, and agencies to reveal life's meaningful moments and generate authentic insights from consumers on their terms anywhere in the world. Qualsites is the first and only truly integrated solution that seamlessly supports multiple research methodologies, blending the depth and authenticity of qualitative research with the speed and agility of quantitative research. In addition to offering a variety of options to capture data, Qualsites expedites analysis by providing a powerful suite of AI tools that make it easy to find and present the insights that matter. If you're looking for a way to capture deep, authentic consumer insights, work with Qualsites, the company that Inc. Magazine just named number one fastest growing market research company in the U.S. Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch. I'm Priscilla McKinney. Now, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you know that I check my ego at the door and my entire MO is to pull back the proverbial curtain and let people see the wizard behind it, right? It's not worth our time to be, you know, just exchanging jargon and talking about things that we think we know what we're talking about, but we're not quite sure. So I really try to walk away from a lot of jargon and get down to, as Nacho Libre calls, the nitty gritty of what's going on in marketing. So (laughs) with talking about jargon, here's one that's a big bomb. It's SEO, search engine optimization. And I know I probably just triggered you and someone's like twitching and, or wants to go curl up in a fetal position in the corner because it's stressful when we don't live our life every day in what I would call the cave dwelling person that is really good at SEO. (laughs) (laughs) then it can be very intimidating to us. But what does search engine optimization even mean? What is it for? So I'm just going to give you just a quick way to think about it and frame it so that we can move on and I can give you a couple of tips and some ideas about a particular issue I want to talk about today. But Really, when it comes down to search engine optimization, first of all, it's a realization that we're all on the web, right? That this is how people find things. And I'm, you can't see me right now, but basically, if you have a question, you go like this, you grab your phone, and then my thumbs start moving, right? And we know this reality. When people need an answer, they Google it. 
right? So there's a reason why that is now become a verb in our vernacular. Just Google it. And if you're a parent, you've said that a million times. But even if you're listening to a song that you like and you're like, who, who sings this? You Google it. But this is also what's happening in business. And you know that I am a real proponent for thinking very smartly about digital transformation, but this has to do a lot with how your business can be found. Now, of course, there are people who love you and know you, and I know that there are people who go to the web and type in Little Bird Marketing. Let me see what they actually do. Let me get down to that nitty gritty. But what if they don't know Little Bird Marketing? What if they haven't had the chance to meet one of the birds and they don't know what we do and it hasn't even become an option for them to Google us, but they can Google something about their problem, right? And so this is the difference between what we would call organic search or direct search. If someone comes to the web and types in Little Bird Marketing, great. I, somehow they've already gotten to know us. But if they come to uh, it, come to the web and type in, how can I get content out in time? What is the deal with content marketing? Or how can someone help me get a content calendar? Right? These are things that I want to be found for. These are issues that I can solve for people. And so I want to make sure I'm writing content that makes sense about the questions that my most ideal client is asking, right? These are issues about their persistent problems and probably their newly emerging problems. So I want to make sure that my content and what I've actually put out on the web about who I am, what I do, where my expertise lies in a way that can be found through Google search. It's really that simple, right? Um, it's not just for big brands. It's not just like for, oh, I want a bathing suit. So swim outlet, you know, wants to come up for a very generic word like swimsuit, right? It's not just about that. We can get down as niche as we want. So now that I've kind of explained this a little bit, hopefully in a way that's a little bit less intimidating, the issue that I want to talk about today is about when you know that you have an SEO problem. Like how do you tell? And how do you know if you need to really start over completely? Or maybe you just need to do a small pivot in your SEO strategy. So this is equally for people who say SEO strategy. Are you kidding me? I don't have one of those. Or people who say, yeah, we've really gone to market in a smart way, but I think maybe our market market has morphed. And so I just want to give you to start with a few red flags that I look for that lead me to believe that we need to revise our search engine optimization strategy. The biggest one is obviously that your traffic isn't growing. If your traffic on the web is stagnant, then you're not going to be able to attract that bigger pool, that bigger audience from which you can grab your next most ideal client. So if your traffic isn't growing, you absolutely need to dig a little bit deeper and find out what organic words are you ranking for and what are people typing in that maybe you could start talking about so that your content is delivered up as a meaningful answer. I'm going to back up one more step just real quick to say, what really is Google? Okay, Google is an advertising company. Okay, they are a for-profit organization. So we need to work with them. So think about it this way. They make a lot of advertising money, right, by being the best at what they do. What is it they do? They are a search engine. 
right? So they take all of their, you know, the monkey power and go out and say, we are going to scour the web for the thing that you are looking for. And this is why, in my personal opinion, being in Yahoo are pretty much non-existent because they do not have as strong of a engine that is doing what I need it to do. Google has really honed in on not just finding the keyword I'm looking for, but understanding my intent. So let me give you a good example. If I'm standing in the middle of Chicago and I say, where is the best pie? Does Google want to send me to a bakery or does Google understand my intent based on where I am and what I'm doing? And it knows that I am talking about a pizza pie, right? And so it's going to deliver to me some potential answers and I'm going to like Google more based on whether Google gives me the thing I really meant, right? And so I'll keep using Google more and more if Google does a good job at bringing me, not a bait and switch, not I wanted pizza, now you're gonna make me go to a bakery. I want to get the thing I was looking for. So I want the top five pizza joints that are right in my area, right? So when we say your traffic isn't growing, that's a red flag because what that means is that Google doesn't understand either your expertise or authority on a subject. And so it doesn't know how to deliver you up when it is relevant to the person who's searching. So go check your traffic. And in fact, look at your traffic year over year. Some people have seasonal businesses. And so month to month doesn't make sense. Whatever makes sense from the way that your actual business flows, then go make sure that you look at it and compare it over those same time periods, right? The next thing that's a red flag is that maybe once you look at your traffic, maybe you're getting some good traffic, but your traffic is not coming from search. And so for me, the golden rule here at Little Bird Marketing is to say our job and our feet are held to the fire for content-driven lead generation, right? And so we want a lot of traffic coming from organic search. Because if they already know and love you, well, I mean, that's great. That's work you did. But as a marketing firm or as a content generator, I want to make sure that we're driving traffic that's organic that didn't even know you, but they have the problem that you can solve. And so when you go look at your traffic, don't just check, are the numbers going up? Check, what is the difference between the actual organic traffic and the direct traffic. And in my personal opinion, the golden standard should be that your organic should always be outperforming your direct traffic. Now, there is a third bucket, which is referral, and people might look at that from social. And of course, if you have a strong social game, that should be driving a lot of traffic too. But we're not really talking about that today. So the last red flag I want to bring up is if your content is not sparking really good contacts or really good conversions. And what I mean by this is I can drive people to your site and I can get people to fill out your contact us form, but are these like qualified leads? Are these the right match? Again, I mentioned that we don't want to put content out there that's a bait and switch. We don't want to put a bakery out there when someone wants a pizza pie, right? Because that's not going to make them happy. And they're not that we can't force them to buy the pie or go to the bakery. That's not what they want to do. So we need to think about our business in the same way. Are we pulling a bait and switch? Are we talking about one thing and the way that we present it out on our web? And then when they call us, it's not fitting. You know, it just doesn't, it's like, it's incongruous. So we need to make sure that the content that we're creating is sparking 
really great uh, conversions of qualified ideal clients, right? This is the entire game that we're playing out there, right? We want to write from our expertise and write how we are really overtly helpful and find those people who need that help. It's a matching game, right? We want to do a good job bringing our expertise to other people's problems and solving them for them. So those are the three red flags I would look for. If your traffic isn't growing, if your traffic isn't coming from any search, or if your content isn't bringing about really qualified leads. So if any of those things are an issue for you, let me take the next step and say, what should you be doing, right? But I want to pause for just one moment and recognize where we are at in the time and place. All of us have been through a massive trauma and we have gone through a global pandemic. Well, the pandemic itself also gives us a very solid reason to go check our SEO. Consumer behavior has changed, right? And it could have changed based on maybe now you're attracting a younger demographic or an older demographic, or maybe it's about an entire new niche market that has developed a need or a taste for your products or services. So we need to understand consumer behavior and how it's changed to understand what might we need to put in our search engine optimization game, meaning on our content, on our website, so that we can be found. And I'll show you a really easy example of this is restaurants who did curbside pickup right? Was curbside pickup a word that was on anybody's restaurant site before? No. So the pandemic created a need for us to go back and revisit our content on our website to say, if we have curbside pickup, we certainly need to actually acknowledge that on the web in our content so that the search engines can pick that up. So very simple example of what it means to really change your SEO game, or maybe to pivot your actual strategy. Okay. I'd also like to say that over time, things just change. It doesn't even take a pandemic, right? Um, but it also is about just regular change, but also businesses change. And you may have added new services or new products. And this is also an obvious reason for you to pivot your SEO keyword strategy. All right. So now I will say doing an entire SEO overhaul is rare. It happens, but to completely change your SEO strategy, you know, I, I question if your business has changed to that degree. But keywords are just one aspect of that SEO strategy, right? And so when you see those clues, those red flags that you need to revise it, or at least look at your SEO strategy with more scrutiny, here are a couple tips for you. And these are your takeaways from this episode. So <laughs> when you pivot or you want to refine, however we want to say that, it might be a great time to focus in on the intent of your potential clients when you're choosing those keywords. And I gave you a great example with the pie and the pie, right? And so when you're taking a look at keywords that come up when you actually do a third-party search over your website, you want to start to ask deeper questions. What does it mean when people are searching for this word? What is really going on in their life? So let me take a silly example. So if you are in the pet world or pet food or pet products or anything like that, you might find that there's a lot of searching for the phrase cats love versus love cats, right? So, and what I mean by that is 
cats love, that's what we would call a keyword, or in this case, maybe a long tail keyword. And I know that's confusing, but again, for the sake of jargon, a keyword anymore does not refer to just one word. It means that phrase. It can be one word, but it could also be the phrase. Okay, so let's look at that phrase, cats love. Okay, on the other side, people might type in love cats, right? So what's kind of crazy about this is that we are trying to understand the intent. Now, maybe someone is looking for some kind of a cat product or wants to find things that really involve cats, but the other people searching might be looking for the cure song. So we need to think about the context of our culture and other things that might be uh, altering the behavior that's not really revealing to us the intent of someone. And I'll give you one other example. Once upon a time, there was a client who was spending about $35,000 a month with the keyword deck plans, right? It seemed like a very good strategy because they had created a composite material that really lasted the test of time much better than wood for building decks. But in order to be overtly helpful, they thought, well, what are people searching? When people want to do it yourself and they want to go buy this either wood or this composite that's going to improve the, you know, the value of their home, they are also wanting to get some plans, right? So it would be nice if we provided to them a deck plan for that, you know, do-it-yourself guy, right? So it would be nice for them to serve up actual deck plans to that guy or gal that might want a nice multi-weekend project building an amazing deck. So let's go out there and let's uh, give deck plans. And they spent $35,000 in the month to actually own that phrase. Well, why wasn't this driving actual sales? As it turns out, looking through that SEO strategy, the people who were actually typing in deck plans were people who had just bought cruise tickets, and they wanted to see the deck plans of actual different cruise ships. So as you can see from that, it's an unintended bait and switch, but it is spending a massive amount of money trying to own a phrase that may not really be driving the right traffic to you. So when pivoting, please focus on the intent that your potential clients have when you choose keywords. Okay, next tip is that you need to pay attention to the keyword research, right? So it's not just about finding a phrase like deck plans that might be good. It's also about looking for keyword volume and in balance keyword difficulty, right? For example, for a little bird marketing, a lot of people might be searching the phrase content marketing, but that is an incredibly difficult long tail keyword that I'm not going to be able to own as the small firm that I am, right? But I can actually think about pivoting in a way and I could maybe look at Google Trends and think about, well, what is trending right now that is new that people were not typing in, that people don't already own out in the World Wide Web real estate that I might be able to latch onto very quickly and drive trending traffic to my site, right? So you need to pay attention to the keywords about, are they realistic? Can you really own that base of a keyword, right? I can't own pizza pie if I am, you know, uh, in New York, right? So you need to think about, yes, you want to try and um, make Google understand really what your website is about. But in terms of spending money, you want to look for high volume keywords, 
but the lower difficulty. And any third-party system will show you that kind of ranking. So as you're pivoting, think about that balance. The last thing I wanna give you today is that you want to go into your Google Business Console and update all of those keywords based on these new keywords you've thought through and the pivot type that you're doing. And so, as I say frequently, marketing isn't just about what you do. Sometimes it's about what you stop doing. <laughs> so if you do a true SEO pivot, don't just go and add a lot more keywords to your Google business console. Also think about taking some away. What keywords are not actually helping your strategy? What are not driving actually great leads? And what might be confusing, you know, your strategy and what might be diluting your spend, right? So it's best to treat your slight SEO pivot almost as if you're starting over, but truly starting over is not something that is typically done with any SEO strategy. So those three tips can be just summed up as this, reset, refresh, and restructure. Reset based on intent, refresh based on the viability of you actually owning that keyword or keyword phrase, and restructure. Make sure that what you've discovered actually gets transitioned over into your Google Business Console. Search engine optimization is really important. It can get confusing, but it doesn't need to be. Do you need help with this? There are a lot of great tools out there, but I know that it gets confusing. I'm going to mention this free offer right here on my podcast. I'm not mentioning it anywhere else. So if you've listened this far and you enjoyed what you heard, please share it. But I want to offer you a free mini SEO audit. If you will contact me at Priscilla at littlebirdmarketing.com, put in the subject line free mini SEO audit, and I will do that for you and give you a one pager view of what is going on in your world. And it might just help you say, look, do I have a problem or do I not? And again, it's about not necessarily always doing something, but sometimes saying, well, maybe I don't need to do anything here, right? And so getting that confidence of knowing, do you have an SEO problem or do you not, can be just that piece that you need to move forward in your business. So again, if you want that free mini SEO audit, please contact me at Priscilla at littlebirdmarketing.com and put that in the subject line, free mini SEO audit. From all of the birds here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.